Hi, my love. I hope you're enjoying Manifest Daily, whether this is your second or your 22nd episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with our latest episodes. And if you really love this show, I would appreciate it if you could do me a huge favor by leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. It really helps the show grow and reach more listeners like yourself. And like I said, I would be super grateful for you to leave that five-star review. Thank you for being here and for being a part of this amazing and growing podcast community. Now let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. my loves welcome back to the podcast i hope you guys are having an amazing day as you tune into today's episode if you're new here my love my name is deandre nicolette and i'm the host of manifest daily and of course to my og listeners y'all know the vibes okay hey girl hey hey boy hey what's poppin what's good welcome back to another episode of your fave i'm singing so you know i'm in a very 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 delicious mood right now when you and I are listening to this, I am back in Dallas, but currently real life in real time. Is that like a thing? IRT in real time. We're going to make it a thing. Okay. IRT. It is October 13th and I am headed off to Calgary tomorrow to see my girl Tolu. Tolu girl, if you listening, what's good? Okay, girl, I'm going to see you tomorrow. We're going to be lit. <laughs> Y'all, I'm so excited. I've only been to Canada once in my life, and I'm so excited to be headed back. I am just excited to see my girl Tolu. I'm excited to turn up for a little bit, have a couple of days. We're going to go to club one of these days. You know, I got to get my little club, my once, you know, once a quarter club visit. That's a tongue twister. Once a quarter club visit. I got to get it in. All right, and we're just going to be having us a good time. Like, I just want to hang out with my girl, my fellow Taurus, my Taurus angel, my tiramisu, and just see her have us a good time. And yeah, so I just sat down here today. Why did I say it like that? What in the world? Ugh, I am not recording this. I'm not taking that out either. <laughs> but I am here prepping some episodes because... I wanted to do a couple guest episodes to wrap up this year, and there were two guest episodes I wanted to do. So one of which you're going to hear next week, but today I'm super excited because we are chatting with Alice Bell. So Alice Bell is a self-taught astrologer. She's been practicing astrology for about four years, and she is an amazing soul. First of all, when I first found Alice, it was so kismet. It was actually through the Explore page on Instagram. You're, you Listen, let me tell you about my Explore page on Instagram. My Explore page on Instagram is like astrology, random human design stuff, cats. Yeah, cats. I, I never used to be a cat person, but girl, it's something about them cat videos now that make me laugh. <laughs> so it's cat videos and like recipes and like food. I'm obsessed with these little like food reels. I just be sitting there watching them all the time. For what reason? I don't know. Because one thing about me, I'm not making no steak. I don't even eat meat, but I'm gonna sit there and watch a steak video all day on Instagram. For what reason? I don't know. But anyways, girl. So I was on my explore page one day and I had seen Alice's post. It was all about like your Saturn return checklist. And I posted it to my story tagged Alice, of course, give her credit. And she ended up DMing me because I said something in the post about um, being excited for like 2023. 20, 
before. And she was saying, oh, like your return is, if she's like, if you're Saturn Pisces, it's 2023 to about 2026. So uh, we ended up having like a little chat back and forth. And I was like, hey, would you like to come on Manifest Daily and talk all about Saturn returns? And she was like, yeah. And so we arranged it and here we are. So I'm super excited for this conversation because like I said, Alice's content for me was very, very like, what is the word I want to use? Whimsical, fun, bright, like, in the conversation, I actually said this to her because I was like, there's so much stuff on Instagram where people make these infographics and stuff and it's like minimalist and, you know, browns and whites and creams and blacks. And I love that kind of stuff because one thing about me, I love a minimalist type of decor, okay? But it's also something so beautiful and fun when it's someone that introduces color and playful fonts. And Alice's entire aesthetic, I'm like obsessed. I'm literally like obsessed. So I asked her to come on the show. She said yes. And here we are. This is this episode is the result of that that ask, that invitation. Uh, funny enough, she is also a projector. So literally, I felt so good about being the person who could bring her an invitation for her to come on the show and really being able to see her, see her talent, see her gifts and say, I want you to come on and have a chat with me because I see how talented and amazing you are. So that is our conversation today. We're talking predominantly about Saturn return because I think there's a lot of misconceptions. Why is somebody's alarm going off right now? Absolutely disrespectful. And guys, I cannot stop recording this right now because I have to run to the tailor. Okay, they just stopped. I'm like, can we not? Anyways, what was I even saying? Okay, so this entire conversation is all about Saturn return because there's so much misconception and so much fear mongering around Saturn return specifically. Like when you tell people, you know, you're going through a Saturn return or your Saturn return is coming up, at least for me, it's a lot of, oh girl, you better, you better strap in. Oh girl, it's about to be a ride. And it's like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, what does that mean? But I wanted to have this conversation with Alice so that we could start to demystify Saturn return so that we could start to ground it a little bit. So we could start to realize that Saturn return is something that is meant for us to grow, for us to, as she, in her words said, for us to gain more confidence in the specific area of our life. So if you are about to experience your Saturn return in March of 2023, if you also have Saturn in Pisces like myself, and if you don't, or if you don't know, we talk about how to figure that out. But um, strap in, listen to this conversation. It's going to be really helpful. If you are wrapping up a Saturn return in Aquarius and you're trying to better understand what you just went through, you're trying to process, strap in. This conversation will be helpful. And if you have neither Saturn in Pisces nor Saturn in Aquarius and you have Saturn in any other placement, strap in for this conversation because it will be helpful and you will learn a ton about what to expect for your return, how to really navigate it, and how to process the lessons that you experienced during a return after you've wrapped it up. So my loves, go ahead and grab you a beverage of choice. So I have in front of me some Ozarka Proudly Texan water. This is 100% natural spring water. And I'm gonna grab that as my beverage of choice. Stay staying hydrated, folks, okay? If you wanna grab you a little espresso shot, baby caffeinate all the way up, some tequila. I ain't gonna look at you sideways. Okay, girl, give me a shot too. Pour, pour up a double for me. <laughs> what? 
Girl, listen. Anyways, okay, grab you whatever beverage you want. Maybe a little snack too. I've been having some of these uh plantain chips from Trader Joe's. Yes, ma'am. Not the not the Jamaican jerk. Cause one thing about me, I like a sweet plantain. I don't want I don't want the the ones that aren't the ripe sweet ones. So Get you the sweet plantain chips at Trader Joe's. And yeah, I say plantain because in my country, we say plantain. So if you say plantain, that's you. Like, that's you. I'm happy for you. I say plantain. And then plantain chips at Trader Joe's be hitting. I put a little bit of uh, the pink Himalayan sea salt on top. Ooh, chef's kiss. Anyways, my loves, let's go ahead and dive into this conversation with Alice Bell. Alice and welcome to Manifest Daily. I'm super excited to have you on for this chat. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk about Saturn. It's like one of my favorite topics. Well, I am very, very excited about this chat because as we were kind of chatting about right before this, my Saturn return is coming up. And I think a lot of people who listen, like I did a poll one time on Instagram and pretty much like most of my listeners who answered have their Saturn in Pisces as well. So I think this is going to be a really, a really fun chat. But before we dive into like the Saturn questions, can you tell us a bit about who you are and what you do? My name's Alice, and I live in New York City. I'm a full-time astrologer. Um, I've been doing astrology full-time for almost four years now. I'm just coming out of my Saturn return, so I'm turning 30 in January, and um, what else do you need to know about me? I guess as my work as an astrologer, I have an astrology podcast. I'm currently working on my first book. It hasn't been announced yet, but that's going to be an astrology book, and I give courses. Like I teach courses. I'm going on an astrology trip next year. So I do a lot of different things as part of my job. Hey, can you tell us the name of your podcast? I'll link it below as well, but for anyone listening. Yeah, it's called Astrology and You. I have a co-host. So it's um, two astrologers, me and Maxine. And every week we talk about like something astrology related and how you can apply it to your life. So like making astrology not so confusing and more like applicable to your everyday. Yeah, I love that. There are so many things within astrology. Like I know people talk about, oh, what's your what's your sign? And they're obviously referring to sun sign, but it goes so much deeper. So the fact that you guys have a show and you're talking about like all the things, all the placements, how to apply it to your life. I love that. Yeah. So how did you get into astrology since it's so it's like a huge part of your life now? Like how did it actually start? Yeah. So I taught myself astrology about five years ago. I'm totally self-taught. It was something that just entered my life kind of randomly. Like before that, I was not interested in spirituality or anything. Um, but around the age of 25, when there were eclipses in Leo and Aquarius, and that's like a huge part of my chart, like when there's eclipses falling in your like rising sign and your sun sign, um, which are Leo and Aquarius for me, that was like indicated huge, like personal mindset shifts. Like my whole personality changed at time. So this was 2018. And yeah, so I started teaching myself astrology at my desk. At the time, I was a fashion assistant at Vogue. So at that time, I thought I was going to be like a fashion editor, um, kind of like Anna Wintour, like that was the track. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I started to feel like that just wasn't satisfying to me anymore. Um, and I astrology was this hobby that I loved doing. I loved reading the charts of like all my coworkers and doing that during my free time. I just never thought that that could be my career. Um, so it definitely took like about a year for me to realize, oh, I could turn this into a business. And that's how I like got the confidence to leave my job and pursue it full time. 
Wow. Okay. Also, quick pause. Aquarius Sun. I love that. I'm an yes. Aquarius rising. So. Oh my god. That's why I'm yeah. on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I just love Aquarius people. My dad's an Aquarius. For a while, I was just like, I was like side eyeing Aquarius people, and so I realized I had it in my chart, and I was like, oh, okay. Oh my <laughs> god. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's annoying when you're an Aquarius because you're like, why do you always? Why do you also have to be different too? Like you're used to being like, yeah. a different one, you know. <laughs> Yeah. No, but I love the vibe. Like even on your website and just like on your Instagram page, just the vibe of your content. It's so refreshing. It's not like, you know how everyone does the same like minimalist like approach yeah, now, yeah. which nothing's wrong with it. I love that. I love a good, you know, white and nude and neutral, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but like you add such vibrancy and color and fun to like the content. I love colors. I feel like that's my Leo rising a lot too. Like the mod kind of 1960s colorful scheme. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have you seen? Oh, yesterday I saw someone, they did like a makeup look and who was it? Oh my gosh. I'm like blanking. Oh my God. I want to Oh know. my gosh. Audrey Hepburn. Was it okay, Audrey yeah. Hepburn? I feel like that's who they were inspired by. They did like the mod look with like the eyeliner and like the- Was it Twiggy? No, Twiggy. It was yeah, Twiggy. Okay, it was yeah, Twiggy. Yeah. yeah, you're so right. Twiggy. So with the lashes and everything. And I was like, this is such a look. And I was like, I kind of want to try this out. Like I kind of yeah. want to like rock no, this tomorrow. I want to try that out too. Like the cool eyeliner above the eyelid. Yes. It would look so good on you. Like Aww. I could- Oh my gosh. Yes. Please do it. And then do okay. like a lip, like a nice red lip too. <laughs> I'll do a photo shoot. <laughs> yes, please. Like an at-home photo shoot or just like go outside and do it. Like let yeah, the people yeah. see. Oh okay. God. Let them see the greatness. <laughs> um, you mentioned that on your show, y'all talk about like how to apply astrology and like your everyday mm -hmm. life. So how can we start to use astrology to lead into a more authentic life daily? Like what does that look like? Yeah. So astrology does help you to become more self-aware. I feel like you have to take the entire chart into consideration. Um, there's like so many different components, like planning signs houses and it's all about like I guess it depends on like what area of life you're wanting to learn more about like if you're wanting to learn about how I should act in my career what types of jobs will be most fulfilling you're looking at specific houses in the chart like the 10th house the 6th house the 2nd house and like how that shows up for you in your specific chart but if it's relationships you're looking to something like Venus the moon the 7th house so it's all about like what area of life you're most interested in becoming more aware on Okay, so it's definitely getting very specific, like you said, about yeah. the signs, the planets, the placements. I think that's a good thing to note because, you know, you hear so many people talking about astrology and there are so many generalizations. Like people are like, I don't like Geminis. And it's like, well, that person's Gemini sun, but what if they have like all Aries and like the rest of their chart? Like yeah, they're not, yeah. not going to be, you know, I guess show up fully as your stereotypical Gemini, but I think there can be so many generalizations. I love that you talk about looking at specific placements in your chart. And for someone who's getting into that, would that involve like going on, I don't know, like an astro.com and like yeah. really digging into your chart over time? Yeah, my favorite websites are astro.com, like you mentioned, and also astro-seek. Um, and both of those, you type in your birth information, so your date, your year, your exact time, your place, and you pull up like a circular chart. And really how I started teaching myself was just Googling what all that stuff meant. I mean, internet resources aren't the most reliable all of the time, but I feel like it is a great like entry point um, 
just like take some stuff with a grain of salt, like the negative interpretations. But I would just go in and I'd be like, what does it mean that I have my moon in Pisces in the eighth house? And like reading those types of interpretations rather than just like, I'm an Aquarius sun. That's what really got me hooked on astrology. I was like, I feel like someone just explained my entire personality to me. Like I never knew I had my moon in Pisces, you know? Yeah. No, I love that. Especially with the the grain of salt. The slander against Gemini Venus on the internet is very, very Yeah, intense. yeah. Gemini so. and Scorpio. Gemini and Scorpio are like the most hated on signs and I don't understand. Yeah, like I don't understand either. I actually really love Scorpio. I have a lot of Scorpio placements as well. So every time I meet someone, I'm like, are you a Scorpio? And like usually when they say they are, I'm like, okay, I like you. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I was going to say Scorpio gets along with Aquarius because it's like part of the same sign family, like fixed signs or like Leo, Scorpio, Aquarius, and Taurus. So you're probably like drawn to those. Yeah, explains why one of my best friends is a Leo as well. And she has some yeah. Aquarius in her chart. Yeah, love her. Hey, <laughs> you're listening. Another thing that I saw as well is that you are also a projector, which I was like, mm -hmm. oh, hello, love are that. You, what so, are you? I'm a projector. Oh my God, you're a projector too. Oh <laughs> yeah. My God, yes. That's I why I was that. like, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it comes to human design, I'm curious, like, do you see some sort of overlap or correlation with specific placements in your astrological chart when you compare it to like what your human design type is known for? Or are they kind of two separate things? They're two separate things. Like, I don't know a ton about human design, but I can see similarities. Like, I have Mars in Cancer in the 12th house, and that's kind of like wait to take action and not being super assertive. And I see a lot of those same traits pop up in being a projector, but I don't know if there's specific chart placements that automatically mean you're a specific human design type. That's really interesting. I feel like, I don't know, because you hear so much about either one of them. At least I feel like in the corner of the internet, people are either really talking heavily about astrology or really talking heavily about human design. I'm always like, I wonder if there's a correlation there between projector and some of the placements, like you said, maybe Mars or some other placement. Mm -hmm. So very, very interesting. Also, literally love that you're a projector as well. I was going to ask, do you have like a lot of water sign energy in your chart? Because I feel like that might mean why I'm a projector. Like I have a lot of Pisces and also like Cancer Mars, like I mentioned, and I feel like that's why I get that projector type. It's honestly a, a solid mix between, mm -hmm. well, there is like a good bit of Scorpio. So yeah, maybe a little bit more, but it's like, there's a lot of Scorpio, some air some mm -hmm, mm -hmm. earth and like only one fire sign i just have like mars okay. and Aries. yeah i feel like fire is like very like manifester type energy you know yeah i do love taking action i'm very mm -hmm, impulsive mm -hmm. like when i want to take some action i'm like let's go <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah. you have to like wait for the invitation I literally hate that sometimes, but you know what? I've started to reframe that because I think with waiting for the invitation, it used to, at least to me, sound very like passive. Like I had to just mm -hmm. sit there and wait for someone to invite me to do something. Yeah, yeah. And I think the way I understand it now is that I can go about my life and do the things that interest me, like share my knowledge, kind of show up. And the invitation is someone being like, oh, I see Deandra. I recognize her for this. Like, let me invite her to, I don't know, come on my podcast or let me invite her to this event or like, I don't know, other, you know, invitations that aren't literal invitations, but something like that. But the invitation came as a result of me taking action and showing up and doing my thing and just sort of being like, I'm going to be here. Like, I don't have to yeah. sit around and wait for someone to tell me 
to like show up and share my gifts you know yeah yeah exactly it's like doing what you love and eventually someone will recognize that the thing about being seen as a projector like I think our our not self is like the bitterness or whatever when we're not mm-hmm. seen or recognized oh I feel that I feel Same. that because I feel Same. like I feel if that I show time. up <laughs> yeah like if I show it's like not even an ego thing it's like you want people to actually like see you and like say that they see you and I feel yeah. like it, it's such um yeah, it shows up a ton in in the things that I do in my life. But yeah. <laughs> yeah that's really interesting. Oh my God. <laughs> so I want to kind of switch gears and dive into like the meat of our conversation, which is all about Saturn and Saturn return. So before we dive into like the rest of our questions, can you talk about what is a Saturn return and what does it represent in astrology? Technical stuff first. Saturn is a planet that's going to be in your birth chart. The Saturn return is when it returns, like it makes a full lap through all zodiac signs and returns to the same place it was when you were born. So Saturn moves pretty slowly. It spends about two to three years in each sign. So it takes 29 years to come back to that natal position in your chart. So this is why you always hear about people reaching their late 20s and they're like, oh my God, my Saturn return. Like, all these big life changes are happening. I feel this like urge to grow up and do something different. That's definitely that energy of the Saturn return coming into play. But yeah, Saturn is a planet that's all about like responsibilities, taking things more seriously, realizing like the concept of time and how that may be running out. Um, and also having to put in like a lot of hard work and effort and not seeing immediate results on something. Yeah. So those themes all tend to come up and become more prominent at the Saturn return. And it's like, okay, what do I want to be doing for the next 30 years of my life? And how can I be more true to myself? And I don't have a lot of time here. So I need to do the stuff I'm more passionate about. Okay. Yeah. I've definitely heard that about Saturn that it, someone I think online once described it as like big daddy energy, like sort of like your father and, you know, disciplinary. And just, you said, you you know, not the the quick returns, but knowing that you're investing your time or your effort or your energy into something, and you may not see that thing truly come to fruition for a while. So -hmm. when it comes to like our Saturn return, what can someone expect during their Saturn return? Because there's a lot of fear mongering on the internet around (laughs) Saturn return and people being like, Oh my gosh, you know, it's going to be like the worst few years of your life. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. (laughs) Yeah. Like how can we reframe that or better understand this period of time in our life and like what is going to actually happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've honestly loved my Saturn return. Like I, this time in my life has been so much better than like 22, 23. So if you're listening, I would not be scared of your Saturn return. It's something you should like lean into. Um, But really what will happen is you're going to kind of like evaluate what current life path you're on. So that might have to do with like career or relationships or like where you're living or just like your mindsets. And like, how have you been living out that part of your life up until now, like from your childhood through your 20s? And how can you make changes there to like really align more with like what you want for yourself? So oftentimes it'll cause someone to really want to change career paths and get more serious about a specific um, job and like going after that and being like, this is what I really want for myself, even if it doesn't make other people happy. Um, Or maybe it's a time where you're further committing to a specific relationship and you're wanting to get married and take that next step in your life. Or you're realizing um, there's not really long-term potential with this person. I need to break up and go a different direction in my life. So it's a lot of these like bigger decisions and every decision you're making at this time tends to hold a lot more weight. 
Like you feel like, I don't know, like in your early twenties, it's like, I can do anything. I can move to another country. I can do this. Like I can have that career further down the line. When you get to your Saturn return, it doesn't really feel like that anymore. You kind of, it's like, I have to make this decision and this is going to lead me to in this whole different direction. It doesn't, it's not so lighthearted, I guess. You're almost seeing these decisions as heavier because you're thinking about where you want to end up and you're like, what are the things that are going to get me there? How can I sort of align myself to that path that I see for my future? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then also Saturn is all about like facing the reality of certain situations. Like it totally gets rid of like any illusions or fantasies you may have had about someone or something. So oftentimes if there's like something that's not in alignment with who you are, it'll totally like get you to reevaluate that and like how how have you not been looking at this clearly? Like what changes and adjustments need to be made? Oh my gosh. It reminds me of that saying. What is it? Pulling the wool. Yeah. 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 Did pulling, I say that right? <laughs> I It's definitely I pulling the wool. All the time. Pulling the wool off your eye or something like that. <laughs> Taking off the rose colored glasses. I like that mm -hmm. one better. Because I don't know yeah, who's wearing better. wool on their eyes. Yeah, yeah. Taking <laughs> like off why the are you wearing a scarf. Yeah, that's the perfect analogy. So when we talk about Saturn, we talk about this return. You mentioned houses earlier, so you might need to explain that a little bit because I I want us to understand how our Saturn return is like affected or what themes may be coming up based on the house. The houses are super important. Um, so in your birth chart, you have twelve houses. Um, they're gonna if you're pulling up like a circular birth chart online like those websites we talked about they're going to be these different like pie slice shapes in your chart so each of those is one house and saturn's going to fall in one of those houses in your chart so at the time of the saturn return actually let me backtrack a little each house pertains to a particular area of life so there's houses in your chart that are relationship focused work focused family focused mental health physical health focused they all have like different meanings and themes and where saturn is placed in one of these houses in your chart that's probably an area of life that you've had like a lot of like fear or anxiety or you've just like you've put a lot of pressure on yourself to do things a certain way there and not take a lot of risks like it's a part of your life where you may not be so sure of yourself or confident. Um, so at the Saturn return, all the themes related to that area of your life become a lot more prominent and you learn how to have more confidence in that area of your life and really do things differently at that time. And following the Saturn return, you kind of come out of that like, okay, I've, ma I've either mastered my career or I know what I want out of relationships now. Um, so it really depends on what the themes are associated with that house Saturn's located in. Okay, so if someone's coming out of their Saturn return, you know, say they've gone through it and they're coming out, but they're feeling better about their life and they're experiencing, like you said, that growth, that confidence. Is there ever a situation where someone comes out of their return and they haven't grown or they don't have that confidence? Like, is that, or are you sort of forced to have, like find those situations where you are growing and getting more confident? Yeah, like I wouldn't say people are like totally like an amazing person after their Saturn return, like everything's fixed. But if the lessons like aren't entirely like incorporated into that person's life at the Saturn return, there are other opportunities that will come up in the years to follow. Like um, when Saturn forms a square to itself in the late thirties, like age 35, 36, or the opposition in the early forties, there's always these like check-in points with Saturn every seven years where it's like, okay, are you actually doing what you need to be doing in that part of your life?
Yeah. Okay. I love that. I'm very excited, especially the way yeah. that you describe it, like being able to sort of master um, mm -hmm. that part of your chart and coming out and like experiencing more confidence in that yeah, area. Yeah. This this is exciting to me. I know, you know, it's kind of like um, there's another saying about going through the pain or going through something kind of hard, but knowing that on the other side, you come out a stronger, better person is kind of what that's reminding me of. Yeah, I was going to say you're Aquarius rising. So your second house is Pisces and Saturn's and Pisces for you. So it's in your second house. So second house of themes related to like self-starting business, money, how you value yourself at work, that will all come into focus. So maybe there's re-strategizing. How can you build your own business to be bigger and better? And like, how can you be more comfortable asking for more money and like value yourself more? So I would expect those types of themes to come up for you. Oh, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. sounds that sounds about right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay, so another thing that I recently learned is that you have multiple Saturn returns. So can you dive into that a little bit and talk about how the themes sort of change every single time you have a Saturn return? Or is it, again, the same thing where, you know, if it's in, for example, my second house, my second Saturn return, am I going to still encounter those same themes, but just more so with whatever job or business I'm dealing with at that time in my life? Yeah. So the Saturn return happens every 29 years. So you're not going to see the next one after your late twenties. You're not going to see the next one until your late fifties. And then the third one in your mid to late eighties. So it kind of has to do with other themes going on at that point in your life. Like I feel when you're at your mid to late fifties, you're like, focusing on how can I step away from like the hustle and bustle? Like I've built my career, I've built my family, I've done all that stuff. Um, how can I slow things down and enter into the next 30 years of like getting older and not wanting to work as much, not wanting to have as many responsibilities. So, um, figuring out how to re-strategize again, that area of your life, but in a different way, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Cause it's almost like, again, it has to do with what you're going through in this specific period that you are in your life. And that that's what makes it relevant. If we're thinking about our Saturn returns and we're thinking about like a toolkit, like a preparation kit, if you will, how can one best prepare for their Saturn return, especially those who have it coming up in Pisces in like the next, what is it, five months? I feel like I can't do math yeah, right now, yeah. but yeah, on that. March, 2023 is when the it goes into Pisces. Um, how to prepare for it. I feel like I was like, oh, this is going to be a breeze. It's fine. Um, but I would say just prepare to be a little frustrated 
frustrated, like to feel frustration surrounding like either work relationships or like maybe family stuff. Um, again, going back to where Saturn's placed in your chart, but yeah, I wouldn't worry so much if you don't like have all the answers right now. Like it's usually you're kind of confused about what you need to do next. So I would, I don't know if there's like any advice to do there. It's kind of like you have to sit with that feeling and work through it. And then that's what the Saturn returns about. Um, but really just try to like lean into your intuition. Like what are you like feeling like your true desires are? And like, what do you want to be doing with your life? Not what you think will make everyone else happy. If I could like touch on your specific Saturn return, because I feel like since you're wrapping up, yeah. you kind of have like good tea to give us. Yeah. So like when you were going through those periods of frustration, what did you kind of do to alleviate that? Or how did you work through that? And then was there a specific turning point or multiple turning points in your journey where you were like, oh, now this clicks, like now this makes sense. Now I can sort of feel less frustrated in this area. Okay. Yeah. So my Saturn is in my seventh house. So it had to do a lot with relationships and like love and dating. And so right as my Saturn return started, Saturn dipped into Aquarius in the summer of 2020. I started to realize like how I had been doing dating and relationships up until that point was just not working for any, was not working for me anymore. And like, I was getting really frustrated because I kept attracting these people that just did not want to commit or were just like, not who I wanted to date. And so oh, it was same. more, yeah. <laughs> and I also had never had like experience with like a healthy relationship. So my, the start of the Saturn return was that frustration surrounding like, why am I still single? Why are relationships so difficult for me? And really getting clear on like, this is what I do and don't tolerate from a partner. And I'm not going to mess around in this area of my life anymore. And I did end up meeting my current boyfriend during my Saturn return. <gasps> So yeah, so it did end up bringing like lots of important relationship lessons and how to be a partner for the first time. Like never, I've never had a long-term boyfriend before this. Um, so not entirely easy, but just kind of learning to take that area of your life more seriously. I also wanted to mention Saturn Return does bring in themes related to the houses ruled by Capricorn and Aquarius in your chart. So I know you have Saturn in Pisces, your second house, but it'll also bring in first house and 12th house themes for you, which are Capricorn and Aquarius. But yeah, going back to my example, my sixth house of work is Capricorn. So it also brought up themes of work and feeling like frustrated, like how do I level up in my career and take this to the next level? Um, and that is starting to happen. It's just been kind of like a waiting game of I have to put in the hard work now and I know I'm going to see results later on. So when you say it brings up themes of, sorry, you said first and. So for you, it's like looking at your chart, like looking at the houses that are ruled by Aquarius and Capricorn. So you're in Aquarius rising. So that's like your first and then your Capricorn rules your 12th house. Got it. Okay. So for someone, wherever they have Aquarius or Capricorn placements in their chart, that's where they also need to look for these additional themes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like not only Saturn's placement, it's those two houses too. Oh my. But if they don't have any Aquarius or Capricorn placements, then is the focus really more so entirely on where Saturn is in their chart? Everyone has like a house ruled by Aquarius and Capricorn. So even if you don't have Capricorn planets in your chart, like that's still your whole 12th house. So every theme tied into the 12th house of like mental health and I don't know, 12th house also has to do with like letting go of self-sabotaging mindsets and ways you oh work my. against yourself. <laughs> so all of that stuff will really become a theme too. Um, but I feel like the second house, the house that Saturn's actually located in, looking at that first and foremost, and then getting a little more insight with the first and 12th, the Aquarius Capricorn houses. And is that because 
the Saturn rule Aquarius and Capricorn because yeah. I think yeah. Saturn okay that's why oh okay. it rules sorry I oh. should have made that more clear Saturn rules those two signs okay so yeah. we have multiple things that we can kind yeah. of look to for this insight yeah oh wow okay I'm literally sitting with this and I'm just like First of all, I love your story of kind of like the relationships <laughs> instead of what you had to work through and then having that ending where like, you know, you end up with a partner, but you're still working through lessons. And like you said, it's not easy. You're still having to learn. How do I, you know, show up as this partner? How do I set my boundaries? How do I show up in this relationship? So it's still ongoing lessons, but you have something beautiful at the end of it that came as a result of you setting boundaries and saying, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. I love yeah, that. I really do. It's really because like relationships were the point of fear and anxiety for me like my whole life because Saturn's placed there. So someone that has Saturn in like a career part of their chart, maybe it's so hard for them to figure out what they want to do with work. So this is really the Saturn return is an opportunity to really figure out that part of your life and like um, move forward differently there. Yeah, I think the career stuff can be huge for a lot of people, especially if you're just nearing your 30s. I know like there's so much emphasis placed on like going into a whole new decade. I think when you go into your 20s, it's like, you're just excited. You're thinking about 21, but when you're going into your 30s, it can bring a lot of anxiety because you're thinking about like, you know, what should I be doing? Should I have a house? Should I be at this place in my career? Should I have kids and, you know, what a partner and all these things. So yeah, that's, that. it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's yeah. A lot. You start to realize like other people are on different tracks and you can't really like follow the crowd anymore. You're like, well, these friends have kids. These friends are moving to this country. Like, what do I want? Yeah. And asking yourself, what do I want? As fun as the question can be, because you're like, pretty much anything is possible. It also becomes really difficult because it's like, well, if anything is possible, like what do I actually want? Right. Yeah, yeah. And like, how do I differentiate that from what I've been taught I should want or what my parents want me to want? And that is, I mean, I found that even when I try to ask myself that question, it's like some days I feel like I want one thing and then other days it's like, okay, maybe I want this instead. But I don't know, I've just been like allowing myself the freedom of trying different things and really allowing myself to explore and not feeling like I have to be locked into one thing right now because I do have some time to kind of figure out more of those things. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't have said that better. What happens after our Saturn return, right? So you've you've gone through um, your Saturn return. Mm -hmm. There's a frustration. You, you've learned some lessons. You've grown. So how can we start to integrate the lessons that we've experienced during a return after it's happened? Like, what did that process look like for you? Did you, I don't know, start therapy, do more of the journaling? Like, what were those steps that you took? I mean, I'm still in it for a few more months, but I feel like I have learned better coping mechanisms and more just like how to structure certain areas of my life rather than just being like, oh, I'll do that one day. I'll put it off until then. Like having actual to-do lists and goals. And um, I'm not sure if this is answering your question. I'm not, I'm not like a big like journaler or that type of stuff, but um I just feel like I know myself more. Yeah. No, this is a good answer because it's like, I don't know, for some people, it's going to be different. I also, I like journal specific times, but I don't do it every single day because for me, it's like, I don't know, like a lot of people process through journaling. I kind of will talk out loud. Like that's what I don't see. Yeah, that, like, yeah, honestly, yeah. that's why I have a podcast because like yeah. talking out loud helps me to formulate <laughs> what's going on here and like bring it out into like the physical reality, if that makes sense, in the same way that someone might journal. So it's going to be different for every person, but I just want to know if there were specific things that you did after to really help integrate those. But even just you saying like 
more structure in your day to day. I think that's a huge one. Like that setting, you know, creating a list of things to do when you're starting your day, having specific goals. I think that's a really big step too. Yeah. Having more structure, prioritizing physical health too. I would notice a huge thing that comes up around the age of 29 is just realizing that you're getting older, your body is aging and like maybe your parents also are getting older. Like you're realizing time is passing. Time is such a huge Saturn theme. So wanting to better take care of yourself is a huge one. I've also noticed that happening with me, just kind of like the theme of truly recognizing mortality Mm -hmm. and not necessarily in like a scary way of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die one day. My parents are going to die. But more so like recognizing that you only have so much time here, right? So like, how Mm -hmm. do you make the most of that with yourself and the people that you love? So Yeah, it feels very heavy sometimes, yeah. as I'm sure Saturn themes do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels really heavy. I would say like after the Saturn return, like there's always like another astrology transit coming up. 30, like the age 30, when usually when the Saturn returns ending for people, you have a Jupiter opposition. So it's a time of like more growth and advancement and seeing results oh and feeling more <laughs> free. So like you have that stuff to look forward to. It's not going to be like... I still have these tough lessons, you know? Mm-hmm. So what are some of the Saturn cycles that come between each return? You mentioned one was like an opposition, one was a square. So what are these and what do they represent? So that's like Saturn's ongoing transit through all the signs. It's going to make aspects. Um, so connect with your Saturn in your birth chart. And so this happens about every seven years or so. So like you're born. Um, Saturn's in that place in your birth chart in your year of birth. And then seven years later, when you're seven, it makes in a square to itself. And that's a time where you're going off to school and kind of like learning rules and structure and like consequences for your actions. So that's a big time period. And then you fast forward to age 14. That is the Saturn opposition. That's the first one you get. Um, the second one is Uh, Well, I'll get to the second one in a second, but age 14, it's a difficult age, you know, like you're going into high school, like people aren't so nice to you. You're getting like a lot of opposition from your parents or teachers and like feeling kind of restricted by rules and weighed down. And then seven years later at age 21, like you're thinking about what's next after college. How can I strike out on my own and get my first work experiences? And that can be really tough. Like you're not making a lot of money at that time. So um, kind of noticing a theme already of these Saturn aspects to itself, the square and the oppositions of not being the easiest times in your life, but the ones where you're going through like the most significant personal growth. Um, So yeah, the stuff that's, that goes on at age 21 at that Saturn square definitely gets brought up again at the Saturn return seven to eight years later at age 28, 29. Um, So it's really like, okay, this is the work path I may have decided for myself at age 21. How can I change that now? So they definitely tie into the bigger Saturn return themes. Um, and then you go through that whole cycle again. So the next Saturn square seven years out at age 36, 37, and then the opposition again at 42, 43, the next Saturn square at 49, 50, and then the second Saturn return at 58, 59. And then it repeats again, but I'm not gonna, yeah, yeah. So it's like every seven years. Yeah, I find it so interesting that like all of the ones you just described, these like prominent ages, so like 7, 14, 21, how they line up with, I guess, traditional societal 
what would you call that? Like markers in our life, right? Like coming of like, age moments. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because it's just like, okay, how is that aligned? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, did we, I don't know. Do you ever think about that? Cause it's just like, okay, what if we never, what if we start school, we started school at like 11 instead of seven, then what would seven look like? Right. Or what if, you know, as a teenager, say 14, you weren't going into high school. Actually, no, I think you're already in high school. I cannot remember how these yeah, ages 14, <laughs> 14 is like start of freshman year. 14. To okay. So you're, 15. so you're like, yeah. Okay. So you are going into high school around that time. So it's like a big thing, but say like you go to a different type of school or like, that's, that's not the case. Like, does it still show up in those ways in your life? So are you still kind of facing the whole, you know, struggling with freedom and, and, and facing opposition with like maybe your parents and people who are authority figures in your life, even though you might not be going into school yeah uh, going into freshman year yeah there'll still be stuff that comes up in your life that is challenging even if you aren't following that traditional route of like go to college at this age go to high school at this age like you're still probably not going to have the easiest year and there'll be other types of challenges that you're facing okay and like we talked about with the second saturn and third saturn return it's gonna depend on what else is going on in your life and the themes that you're specifically experiencing Yes. So yeah, it's all about like, what are you doing in your late fifties? How can you start thinking about winding things down or developing different hobbies for yourself and entering into that next phase of life where you don't have as many responsibilities that you've had in your thirties and forties? Okay. Oh my God. There's so many. (laughs) I didn't like actually realize that we had all of these different, I guess, mm-hmm. what would you call them? Saturn cycles? Yeah, Saturn in, cycles. In between the returns? Yeah. Yeah. So in the same way that I asked you earlier about preparing and you're kind of like, well, a lot of it is just, you know, really trusting the process and understanding that you are going to face some frustration around those years. Is it the same for a Saturn cycle where there's not really a ton you can do because you don't necessarily know fully what's going to happen, but it's just sort of like bracing yourself for impact in a way, but not, not in a fear mongery kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like freaking out. Like my life is going to end at these different years. It's more just like, okay, I'm aware that this year might be difficult in the near future, but there's an end date to it. And I'm probably going to come out of that time frame, like with a greater understanding of what I need to do next. Um, so yeah, definitely not scary. Are there pre-shadows to these as well? Kind of like when people talk about like Mercury retrograde, yeah. oh, there's a pre-shadow time. Oh, there. Oh my God. Are we just always in a Saturn return basically? <laughs> no, it's not. It's like Mercury pre-shadow post-shadow is more obvious because that's such a short like retrograde period. I do feel like you start to feel not only Saturn transits, but like other transits, like Pluto, Uranus, all those other ones around your chart, the bigger ones. Um, So Saturn's going into Pisces in March, but you may already start, you may already be feeling like those themes associated with that Saturn return part of your chart. So like for you having those second house financial business type themes, you're already starting to notice like, what can I do to change this area ahead of like that Saturn return. It doesn't just come out of nowhere and like cause random events to happen to you. It's more like an internal feeling that like continues to grow. Okay. That makes me feel better. Cause I'm just like, it just sounds like something is always happening. And I mean, I guess that's life, right? Yeah. There are other yeah. transits, other things. So, you know, we're just always going through something. Yeah. I would say like solar and lunar eclipses are more like immediate change and like things happening. Oh, but- 
like the one coming up yeah so those tend to be like huge markers of the year of like oh this i'm having this huge shift go on and this stuff's changing in my life right now whereas like with saturn it's like a slow build and like at the end of the two and a half three year period saturn's been in a specific sign and house of your chart you can look back and be like wow those three years like this part of my life got a total rehaul during those last three years but at the like when you're in the midst of it it's not as obvious yeah you need that time to almost like look back and reflect and be like oh this is where i was at the very beginning mm-hmm. here's where i am now versus the eclipse oh, i am seeing okay yeah. the people on youtube are making some content okay oh about the eclipse that i am seeing on my homepage, and i need them to stop with the fear. <laughs> yeah, there's too much of that. I mean, these eclipses are like a little, like I'm a little worried, but it's never, it's never like the world's gonna end, that type of stuff. Okay, Alice, if you're worried, I am <laughs> officially. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be worried, but, but just like, I mean, one of the eclipses makes an aspect of Saturn, like the lunar eclipse in Taurus on November 8th is square Saturn. So it actually brings in Saturnian themes like we've talked about of like, how can I be more realistic about something in my life and cut ties with anything that doesn't serve me in the long term? Oh, that's like my favorite thing, cutting ties with things that don't serve me. Yeah. It's truly freeing, setting boundaries, trying to evaluate in your life what is aligned with Mm -hmm. like where you're going, the path you're going, the future that you want to experience and what is not. And being very just, I don't even know what the word is. Just cut the, cut the ties if you need to. Yeah. (laughs) Just cut the ties if you need to. I would love for us to go over the timeline and like, are there major Mm -hmm. themes for each return? So we are still in Saturn and Aquarius right now. We're going into Pisces. What was the timeline for Aquarius, the timeline for Pisces? And then were there specific, I guess, yeah, almost like major themes for either or, or both of them? Yeah, definitely. So if we're looking at Saturn and Aquarius, that Saturn entered Aquarius March of 2020 um, through July of 2020. Then it retrograded back to Capricorn for a second. And then it came back to Aquarius um, December 2020. And it'll be there until March of 2023. So it's really like 2020 through 2023. Um, And guess what we saw at the start of that was COVID. Um, And Aquarius has a lot to do with like network, community, um, and also like technology. But I'll get to that in a second. But I feel like a lot of what I saw was people like rethinking, like, who do I want to align myself with and also having distance from people like Saturn um, brings in this element of like solitude sometimes or feeling lonely. And it's like, literally, you could not see people because there was a lockdown. And then also this emphasis on like technology advancements, um, like things like TikTok, Zoom becoming more prominent, like more people turning their careers to the internet. Um, So those are just like bigger world themes. I've noticed with like Saturn going through Aquarius, people that have that in their chart and this is their Saturn return. So that's going to be everyone born in 1991 through 1993, aside from the summer of 1993. So those people have Saturn in Pisces. So just like keep that in mind. That would be their Saturn return. Um, And having Saturn in Aquarius, it is like Aquarius is a sign that Saturn rules, so it tends to be a little bit more constructive, a little easier than most signs you can have a Saturn return in. So I would say like people going through their Saturn returns now and wrapping that up, maybe something like really productive has come of it or it hasn't been as hard as maybe you anticipated. Um, And then Saturn in Pisces 
So this is for everyone that was the Saturn returns for everyone that was born in either summer 1993 or all of 1994, 1995 in the early months of 1996 up until about April of 1996. Um, so Saturn will enter Pisces and your Saturn return will start in March of 2023. And that will go pretty much all the way until early 2026, aside from like a couple months in 2025 when it goes into Aries. But yeah, that was three-year period. That three-year period from 2023 to early 2026 um, will be your Saturn return. And if we're thinking about Pisces themes, it's a lot to do with like spirituality, mysticism, and bringing Saturn into the mix. It's like, how can you better structure spiritual practices? And maybe also like, like what you were talking about, like with fear mongering and people just like putting stuff out on the internet about like twin flames and like this happening with the eclipses and how the world's going to end. Maybe there's like some rules actually brought into it. Like you have to have this certification to become someone that practices spirituality. So noticing things like that pop up in the world and also people maybe questioning their beliefs and like what, yeah. what they like what they follow. So that's just like oh bigger gosh. themes for the world at large. Yeah. Not like the FTC guidelines around, yeah. <laughs> around spirituality. Like a lot of spiritual you know? people have had um, scammers like copy their accounts and like reach out to people like I'll give you a reading yeah. for a hundred dollars like Venmo me so maybe having like a crackdown on that type of stuff I would love that someone made like a fake account of uh me the other it was like a while back and they were like messaging people get mm-hmm. people to pay for readings and I was like y'all I do not like th- I'm not reading anything <laughs> please do yeah. not pay this person like no yeah I had that happen they too it's so what? annoying it's very annoying because I'm like, what? Like, I just want to see the person on the other side of the phone or computer doing this. Like, what are you doing with your day? What's happening over there that makes you think that this is something that you should be taking time to do? Yeah. Like, please yeah. find a hobby. <laughs> I know. Well, before we wrap up this conversation, I would love to learn what are some of your favorite astrology resources. You mentioned astro.com, astroseek. What are some other ones that you love? Um, Those are like the best websites to pull up your chart. I also like if you're looking at apps, there's a good app called Time Passages. And then another one, um, Chani. I think that's how you pronounce it. C-H-A-N-I. She's a Chani Nicholas is an astrologer. She has an app and that's so good to look at your chart on your phone. Um, so I definitely recommend those also for podcasts, like obviously my own astrology new, but, um, I love the astrology podcast. That one is so good for getting like in-depth astrology knowledge. Oh, perfect. Okay. I will link everything in the show notes. Of course, I will link your show as well. Well, Alice, this was an amazing chat. Um, as we wrap up, I would love for you to let us know where we can find you online. Also, when are your readings returning? Because I went to book one and I see that you are away. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 so, I'm away. so give us tea on that. Um, you can find me on Instagram at stockalice, S-T-A-L-K-A-L-I-C-E. And then my website is alicebellastrology.com, um, where you can have all my offerings. Um, I am not doing readings at the moment because I'm writing a book. So it's hard to do those at the same time. Honestly, I'm trying to move away from like one-on-one sessions with people to offer more like workshops um, and teach astrology more. So that's kind of the direction I'm headed in. So I'm not entirely sure when I'm opening readings, but I may make an exception for you. <laughs> oh, let me let me know because yes. I would be up for that. 
But um, but no, I love the idea of like workshops and stuff too. That is amazing. And also the book. Um, when you have the launch date, please, please let me know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna send myself a copy. And then workshops. I um my parents live in Boston, so sometimes like I'm over in the East Coast. So if there's ever one happening in New York, I'm you know, it's just a quick hop over, quick little flight. So (laughs) yeah, keep you up to date. Yes, I will. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. And thank you so much for being here. This was again an amazing chat. Hi, my love. I hope you're enjoying Manifest Daily, whether this is your second or your 22nd episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with our latest episodes. And if you really love the show, I would appreciate it if you could do me a huge favor by leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. It really helps the show grow and reach more listeners like yourself. And like I said, I would be super grateful for you to leave that five-star review. Thank you for being here and for being a part of this amazing and growing podcast community. Now let's go ahead and dive into today's episode.